0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Bill's Mafia is back. Are you ready for it? The third annual Buffalo Rumblings IPA beer release party is going down September 16th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Resurgence Brewing Company located downtown at 55 Chicago Street. I'm going to tell you what, you do not want to miss this event. Come out and hang with Joe, Sarah, and the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings crew for the Megapod. You're going to want to bring your questions and be a part of the live stream. Get involved. It's going to be live. And this year, we're also going to have our friends from fans of Buffalo joining the party and sponsoring the fun. they are going to be in the house to provide you with all the information you need to make your away game day experience the easiest and the most smooth that you've ever had in your life. I can promise you they they do their job very well. So make sure you make it out Saturday, September 16th, 6 p.m. Resurgence Brewing Company, 55 Chicago Street. Go Bills.
2: Nationwide, worldwide, once again, it is time for Line to Gain. I am the big O, Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson. We're on the Buffalo Rumble League's VidCast Network. Hey, join in. It's going to be live. And uh, we come live to you every Wednesday night <laughs> at 9. Poor Spence. 8 Central. It's live. What can I say? <laughs> Join uh, us.
3: It's live. Yes, we're live. Uh, he's going to hate me for pointing that out to you now.
2: <laughs> you got a lot to talk. Hey man, if if friends can't kid, who can? True. Kid? Right. True. Man, we got we've we've got a tremendous amount to talk about tonight. Uh yes. obviously the Buffalo Bills uh losing overtime to the Jets on Monday night. We'll talk about that game. We'll dig a little bit into the Raiders game coming up this Saturday or this Sunday, uh, home opener in Orchard Park, New York. Last fifteen minutes of the show, uh, we'll bring to you a little bit of college football. We kind of switched yeah. things up this year. Sarah, yes. um, Sarah brought to my attention this cool uh, this app on CBS Sports. So we're picking games every week. We'll talk about that a little bit. We can talk about the obvious. The obvious being uh, uh, Deion Sanders. And the Colorado Buffalo is now 2-0 and as they move up in the AP poll. And then, of course, Texas goes into Tuscaloosa, beats Alabama. And uh, we can talk about that a little bit as well. Hey,
3: we, have to admit, we have to say that my Hurricanes also beat Texas A&M, a ranked team. Come on. We'll get into that in just a little bit.
2: <laughs> I would say it was Texas A&M. I mean, oh God! Here we go. All right. A&M's going to Texas A&M, right? No, seriously. We <laughs> went for uh, Miami. Hey, I'm a firm believer, and and I really believe this. And I wish it was the way it was in the '80s when I was a kid. I mean, the college football is better when Florida State, Miami, and Florida are really, really good.
3: We're so, we're two thirds of the way there.
2: Well, sorry I'm, to
3: the my Gators fans.
2: <laughs> but um, you know, Sarah. <sighs> Let's let's start with this, and we'll move forward. You were obviously at MetLife Field. Uh, you 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 were at the game. Let I, I would feel I would be amiss if we didn't just go ahead right off the bat and just kind of what you experienced as far as the crowd in the stadium go. Four yeah. plays, seventeen seconds into the start of the 2023 NFL season, Aaron Rodgers goes down with a season-ending injury. Just kind of give us a. Kind of feel on in the state. Well,
3: I honestly think that most fans had no idea how serious it was going to be. When I started getting a couple of the the messages coming through saying that people were concerned that it was uh, his Achilles, everyone's like, if it was Achilles, they would just say it's an Achilles. And I'm like, no, it's Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be very, very cautious with what they say. They just, you know, brought this guy over to potentially – you know, take them to on a Super Bowl run, um, they're not going to let anything out until they're 100% sure. Um, and they also probably didn't want to demoralize the team, and, you know, that people start hearing, um, you know, what it could potentially be and, and whatnot. But uh, we started off, um, you know, I thought I thought we looked, I thought we looked good. Uh, I really did you know, wasn't too impressed with a couple of things, but, um, we were moving the ball on their defense. That's the first thing I will say that I noticed we were moving the ball. Obviously we weren't running the ball as much as I would have liked. Um, you know, three yards of carry is not gonna, is not gonna work, uh, this day and age. Um, so, you know, but, but we were, we were throwing the ball. Well, um, Stefan Diggs had, you know, had a tremendous game. Um, you know, and I'm sure we're going to get into it very, very soon. But Josh Allen did not. And you and I have had those conversations in the past where, you know, he always gets the pass and no one ever, um, you know, really puts the blame on him. The blame's on him this right. week. The blame is on him. Um, let me uh, before we get too deep into this, let me go ahead and, uh, and play our um, our sponsor, our Buffalo Rumbling sponsor add this week. So then we can really get, we can dive into it and, and hear everything that, you know, we both have to say.
1: It's time to say goodbye to the blur and hello to clear vision. Fichte Endel, and Elmer are the first in Western New York to bring you Zeiss Smile technology. Along with our highly experienced surgeons, we promise an effortless journey to better vision. Gone are the days of fumbling for glasses or struggling with contact lenses. Embrace the freedom of superb sight because we believe you deserve the world in HD. Visit us online at ficta.com and schedule a consultation. Ficta and Dylan Elmer, we are focused on you.
2: Here, and, and this is kind of, and I didn't really normally, when you see you have a game, especially in a win, I think that you, you know, before we do our show, you do a ton of prep work and you dig into the all 22, you try to get stats and you try to formulate this idea in your mind of why things happen. I think this week was, was so raw in and the way things went down. It, it was, it was very blatantly obvious to me, the things that the bills did well and the things the bills did not do well. And, and the first thing I want to address is, is this. And I, I truly believe that Ken Dorsey had an, ex, had an excellent game plan to start the game. I think Dorsey was prepared. He understood the challenge at hand, which was our offensive line, while drafting Osiris toward second, bringing in McGovern, we we were missed. And let's face facts. 99% of the league is going to be mismatched against this Jets front seven. Mm-hmm. This Jets front seven is – is. you could probably go back to the New York sack exchange and those defenses back then. This is that type of defense. They are dominant they make plays, they alter games. And I thought that Dorsey did an excellent job of taking what was given to him. You know, the little little dump passes, shorten it up, run just enough to where, yeah, three yards wasn't a great average, but it kept you in front of the chains, and it it kept things, and, you know, they went ahead and started breaking some outside and doing some different things. He attacked that kind of that curl area or that, you know, that hitch area and i thought he did a really good job and then clark kent went into the phone booth and <laughs> came out as superman and i said this on twitter sarah yeah. and i you, you probably saw it i go i really you, wish you sometimes. mean the other way around yeah I, re- I said you know what i really wish superman sometimes would just be clark kent and at the beginning of the game he was clark kent he was doing exactly what he needed to do and then the term that you know the term that the kids use or I guess most people use nowadays the term is hero ball, and and are you
3: talking Josh, about Dorsey still, or are you talking about Josh? I'm talking about Josh, I've moved on. Okay. To Josh. okay,
2: and Josh decided to play hero ball, and it wasn't enough to get eight yards of pop, ten yards of pop. Diggs with a with a run out with a rack run after the catch, picks up fifteen. You know, Diggs had ten catches and had over a hundred yards. He was being productive. Then all of a sudden, they start getting Kincaid involved after a quarter and a half, I, I had to send out an APB. That was the one thing that was concerning to me is I didn't know where he was. I'd like to have seen him involved a little bit more. But they Man. started bringing him in and getting him involved. And I thought the offense was doing exactly what it needed to do. Josh goes down the field. He ad-libs off, off of uh, off program, hits Stiggs for the touchdown. Okay? And then, for whatever reason, and I, I'd really like to know – what you believe is the reason. And I don't necessarily think it's arrogance. I I don't know if it's, if it's overconfidence, it, it's, it's, you know, some call it arm envy or whatever, but he decides that he feels he needs to throw for these huge chunks of yardage. That was not the defense to do it against. Right. Dorsey had a good game plan put together. They were going to be fine, especially with Rogers out. And then you let him back in the game and, you get yeah. What you
3: get. I think that the problem with Josh is when Josh has an error, he feels like he needs to erase that error from everyone's mind by doing something That's extraordinary. A That's a good point. And I think that that it, it ends up biting him in the ass sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes he ends up, you know, doing exactly the Kansas City game um a couple years ago, uh he had a couple of, you know, errors, wasn't playing all that great. And then what, midway through the third quarter, he hits uh, Gabe Davis for that touchdown. And then all of a sudden, both him and Mahomes go off for the next quarter and a half. Right. Um, so there are moments where he has had that, that mentality that has actually worked well for him. Right. Um, I think that this, you know, the moment on Monday, um, we could have won a game where it was just, a defensive right. battle. It was just the back and forth of the defenses. Right. We had that game. And for some reason, because of, you know, the 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 turnover that he knew clearly was his fault. um, I feel like he tried to take too much under his own um his own belt and just do, you know, do stupid things. And, and you know, yeah. we and I was just going to say we've seen. You know, digs on the the sideline saying, be smart. We saw, you know, McDermott. say, use your head. Like, right. and maybe that's not great to see those guys saying that to him. Um, now because of course the national media is gonna take it and run with it. Right. Um, but it's it's what needs to happen. And I I remember when um and I think earlier Triggs put it on here, um that you know, we at sometimes we think that
2: Dorsey probably should be on
3: the sideline, and we've had well, these conversations. Dayball was at right. one point.
2: And what did Dayball do? Yell at, at him all the it, effing time. It is obvious. It's obvious to me. And there's there's a there's different types of players. And Triggs's point, I think, and it was something I was going to bring up, and I'm glad he brought it up. There's some players that need to be padded, and there's some players that need a foot in their ass. Josh, to me. Seems to be a guy, Carl Mock, who coached me when Wade Phillips was there. Carl used to have a saying, you can't handle prosperity, right? And I think Josh is kind of one of those guys. He gets gets to playing good. He feels good about himself. He loses concentration. And then he reverts back to careless Josh. And I think you're right. I mean, is it time for Dorsey to come to the sidelines so that if he has to, instead of throwing a a laptop or an iPad, Banging it on the counter in the press box, he can get after his quarterback.
1: And you know, smack him around
2: a little bit. (laughs) I don't care. and, And I was one of those guys. Like I needed, I needed to have a, I needed to be. They needed to grind on me. I was a guy that needed to be yelled at to get motivated. That's what I was. Not everybody's that way. Yeah. But it seems to me that he's that type of quarterback. That and he needs to be redirected right. when he gets off the train track. And I think
3: that's the difference between Dayball though and um in Dorsey. I don't know if you're gonna get that from Dorsey. Um, but he needs to figure it out. He needs that, that that frustration, that that you know, the way that he can get, he needs to get that way towards Josh directly. We have um Joe Brady, who is the quarterback coach, who was supposed to be the one on the sidelines doing all this stuff. Have him be up in the in the booth right. watching. And, you know, conveying everything down to, um, you know, to uh, to Dorsey on the sidelines of what he's seeing. Um, it needs something, something needs to happen. And, you know, if Josh comes out and has another game like, you know, like this, they need to bench him for, for the rest of the game. They need to prove to the rest of the team that he's not above, um, you know, preparation, being, you know, right. being that leader, he's not above all that. He needs to get his head on straight. And if you're not, then don't play. Um, and, you know, like as much as we love, you know, as much as we all love Josh, um, and I'm going to play a, a, um, a little clip because after we are done, ra- you know, ragging on uh, on Josh, I do want to talk about the defense a little bit. Um, most people probably heard um,
2: Dan uh, or, or Vlasky I'm going to – I always kill his – it's a fellow Polak. His name is Orlovsky.
3: Okay. I was going to say, I'm going to kill his last name. Um, most people probably have heard it, but I just want to play it um, because this is the sentiment. Josh needs to grow up. I love Josh. I'm a huge fan of the person as well. <clears throat> last night is one of those games where you sit there and you watch it with them. If I was his coach and I
1: would look him dead in the eye and go, bud, we got to grow up. Like we got to grow up, man. We can't have this conversation all the time about when Aaron Rodgers goes down, there's one chance, one way they lose that football game. And for $250 million, it can't be because of you, dude. And I understand that you think you're great yard you and you're competitive yard. You I love all that. It's why you're great. We got to grow up. You got to handle this situation better. We, we got to handle
3: All right, I cut it short because I didn't want everyone to have to go through the whole thing. But he, you know, he goes on to to say that, like, this can't happen every week. Um, He said he had seven or eight plays that he wrote down that Josh was just out of control. Like, you don't want to hear. That's sugar high, Josh. That's the Josh that we had in 2019, 2020. That's not what you want six years in.
2: That term is so funny. Sugar high, Josh? Yes, every time I hear it, I laugh. I can't stop laughing.
3: But, you know, I mean, it's 100%, though, even as much as we all love Josh, there comes a point in time, season six, he needs to figure out this part because all of a sudden he seems to be regressing. And no one wants to see that. No one wants to see, you know, we we all have given him our heart and our confidence. No one wants to see him regress at this point.
2: Now, this is an interesting comment renaissance man what he says about it he thinks it's boredom he wants it now has the arm to attack any part of the field rather that's the issue if this is what he thinks and this is what he continues to do he will be unemployed
3: yeah um, then become your own oc what the f- yes. what, sorry i almost like just <laughs> went i Sarah almost came out um i'm sorry i didn't remember we're live. um what the heck is the point of having an oc if you're just going to do whatever the heck you want
2: the deal, the the deal is to take the game plan and execute it the way it's supposed to be executed. This is not a this is not a chump Jets defense. This is an elite defense that'll be in the top three at the end of the year. This is a defense that rivals the 49ers. This is a defense that rivals the Dallas Cowboys right now. If you watch them on Sunday night football, this is a defense that creates havoc, shuts things down, and creates turnovers. They do that on their own. They don't need help from a guy throwing in the double and triple coverage. And it's, uh, to me, that's, if he's bored, then he needs to go do something else. Because you know what's not boring? Winning football games, going to a Super Bowl. Those types of things are not boring. And I thought, again, I thought Dorsey, and Dorsey catches so much flack. And it's amazing because what this reminds me of, and Sarah, you're an NBA fan. And so you you kind of follow some of these things. When the when the when the Seattle Supersonics moved to Oklahoma City, okay, they they stole the franchise from Seattle. The first so the first so often uh, the first so many years of this team in Oklahoma, they could do no wrong. Russell Westbrook was the most beloved character of all time, right? And then all of a sudden, people got sick of Russ. Going three for 30 from the three-point line, right? And you could feel it all when when the when the fan base began to turn, turn. on Russ. We haven't had that yet with Josh. I don't know if it's because of the 17-year drought. We finally get the quarterback we want. There has not been a level, this level of accountability with mm-hmm. him in his entire time in Buffalo. And it took Monday night to finally get a fan base. In a city to start deciding to hold this guy accountable. He's making $250 right. million. Dollars, okay. Your money that buys all these. Things. So you, it's while I don't agree with just going out there and screaming ignorant stuff at players, I don't think just because you have a ticket, then you have that right. But that's a whole nother episode. Right. I do believe that you have the right to hold these guys accountable. Accountable. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And and that so to me
3: Just to it, let you know as a joke, Matt just Matt just uh, uh texted me. He's the um the head of Buffalo Rumblings. Uh he just texted me, "Are you drinking margaritas?" Yes, yes I am. <laughs>
2: <Matt>. <laughs> so, you know, it's when you when you look at this and I think that is really kind of the biggest issue with the whole team right now. I mean, I don't want to hear the Whole, hey, we got this, we're boys, we love one another, we got this, we'll be okay next week. Yeah. I and I hear that over and over and over again. That's not accountability. Right. And you know, at some point in time, that that's fine and dandy. I'm glad you guys are great buddies. It's time right. to, to to do things the way you're supposed to do them. Yeah, it's gonna
3: ruin know. that, it's gonna ruin that that buddy, you know, right. thing again. We just got done with the whole drama with whether or not, you know, Josh and Steph were okay. And that's going to put him right back, you know, into that, and you know, that, that mind, um, you that might, mindset, you
2: might see some, might see some t-shirts Sunday in Orchard Park and say Steph was right. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, and that's the thing we were on Steph about get over it. No, it, right. it might not. Like, it could be that Josh has been in the wrong, right. you know, but we, we haven't made him accountable for, you know, for all this crap, but, um, what I wanted to also talk about before we move on to next week, because you know, obviously, I would like to close the door on Monday well,
2: night. We haven't even talked about the defense yet.
3: Yeah, that's why. I'm, that's the where that was my transition to the defense. Um, so the inactive list, we had Elam and we had Hamlin on the inactive list. Um, a little bit surprising for me heading into the week. You but then being
2: on there was very surprised. Being on there was very surprising to me.
3: But then seeing the PFF grades. So I made a mistake. I signed up for PFF, uh, in the off season in for that 30 day free, I, and I forgot to cancel it. So now you guys are going to hear me talk PFF this season. Cause I better put my money where, uh, you know, to good use also, somehow or I also, another.
2: I also have a PFF subscription and just granted, understand <laughs> PFF does not grade the way the team grades. Yes. For, PFF can
3: suck, but regardless, um, you know, Greg, the eye test. Greg Rousseau, to me, had a good game.
1: Uh, yep. Yes,
3: he only had one tackle, uh, if you look at the stats. Yep. But he was getting into the, you know, he was definitely getting into the backfield. He was pressuring. He looked good to me. Um, I thought that Floyd looked good, too. I, I mean, I feel, I feel for him a little bit because he probably feels a little bit like shit that he took out Aaron Rodgers. Uh, maybe potentially ending his career. We have no clue whether or not he'll decide to retire or not um but Greg had the best PFF grade on defense. Um Micah Hyde had the second. Milano had a decent score. Um and Jordan Phillips had a, a pretty decent score and so did Benford. Then the, you got the bottom half. Starting at number 14 was Trey White. 14th on our defense was Trey White. Like that is abs- with a 45.7. That is absolutely ridiculous to me. Now Put this in context, his coverage score was like a 61 or 62. His run defense, though, was in the teens. Like, no one seemed like they wanted to tackle at all. I was screaming all night long, What in the entire hell? Why are you guys not tackling? You expect this coming from Trey. Like, you expect him to go out there and show that last year was an anomaly because of his knee and he did not. Epinesa, terrible game. Terrible game. Bernard had like a 43.8. Terrible game. Granted he was injured all off season, I get it. He's coming in, you know, trying to get over that injury. But like where are we what are we doing? But the worst freaking thing that I saw was Taylor Rapp who pretty much started because we had um well, started because we had Hamlin um out. He actually took a lot of uh, Tehran's snaps. He had a twenty nine point five PFF grade. Like we we can't we can't do that. Like so, do you feel like the defense that the coaching staff has seen something that they that we're not like seeing? Like why start certain people and and make others inactive if it if this is going to be the end you know the end result?
2: I think that. I think a big part of McDermott, I think has some trust issues. Uh, I think it just goes all the way back to him. Usually not starting rookies. Now that's not, obviously that's changed with Torrance starting at left guard. I think that's because he had no other choice, but I think McDermott has big trust issues and he's going to play guys that in the past have proven to him. Can he can rely on, um, You know, my biggest thing, and Sarah, you were at more training camps than I was, but I thought all in all, except for certain teams, like the 49ers I thought were tremendous, the Cowboys, they were were okay on offense, but their defense scored two or three touchdowns and put them in position on short fields. Their defense was absolutely tremendous. There were some really good – I thought the Jets beating us was a very good performance. There were some good, but all in all, week one was garbage as far as football. Wait, wait, say again. What week one was garbage? (laughs) Okay, it was garbage. (laughs) Now that does not go to what you've been trying to tell me that week one does not matter. I do think week one matters. I think it matters.
3: I just don't say
2: it it, it, It matters. It shows preparation, and it shows different things. And I think what you're seeing is this. And I'm going to give you this example. You can sit a guy. On the sidelines of preseason, the whole preseason, you can give him one or two drives in three games. You can you can try to keep him as healthy as you want. In 17 seconds into the first game of the season, he can blow his Achilles and be done for the year. Yeah. So what are we doing? Why are you know? I think that teams have really backed off of physical practices. I think they've backed off of preseason game preparation. And I think they're trying to, quote-unquote, save guys. At some point in time, to bring up your point of poor tackling, to learn how to tackle or get that going again, you've got to tackle live. You've got to do those things. You can't just thud. Um, You know, there's, for instance, I can do this because I I know what they do. I mean, my son plays. They tackle on Tuesdays. They go ones-on-ones on Tuesdays. Their Tuesday is an incredibly physical right. practice in the season. And there's just different theories right now in the NFL with all the rules that have cut back OTAs, cut back preseason games, all these different things. I think you're starting to see, you know, you just can't show up and go to like an easy spring training like right. you can in baseball and be ready to play a football game.
3: But when you, you know, when you go back to to high school and, and even college, like you don't have – you don't have preseason games so i'm you know i get that preseason kind of gives you a chance to look at other players players that you know might not have made the team if it wasn't for their their preseason um i would love to t- two games one away one one home one away um make game 1 and 2 or week 1 and 2 of the season a little make it worth a little less because you have more games now throughout the season where, you know, um, it's a little, you you have more games, you know, as a sample size. When you only play 12 games, like, you know, back in the day or 16 games, like it's every game matters that much
2: more. But you say that about high school in Oklahoma. Our high school teams have spring ball. Then from spring ball, they go to team camp, which is they practice against five to 10 other teams and have full physical, you know scrimmages and and run plays against one another then they go to summer camp right then they have a then they have a round robin scrimmage with a couple teams on the first week the second week they have a round robin scrimmage with a couple teams and they start their season but those games don't those games don't count towards whether or not you know they're they're you know they're winning championships and stuff like that i'm not talking about games or whatever i'm talking about physical preparation to get ready to play week right that's what i'm talking about Right.
1: Um, and
3: I'm just saying, I think that they can they, they can get a certain amount of that physical preparation, not playing against other teams, playing against, you know, themselves and getting ready so that when they do go out in the field, they feel prepared enough um, where the, the game matters. Because they're not putting their body on the line if the game doesn't matter. They're, they're like the same way. So I don't feel like I don't feel like it's. Matters. No, week one does. Matter. I'm seeing that the three games in the preseason or, you know, four games for if you're, if you have the. Um, I get that, but they don't even let, they hardly let them play. Right. But then like, if, so that now, you know, week one matters, like, so you're going to get out there for the, you know, for the first and second um, preseason, make less, I'm saying make less preseason games. So you got to get out there. You got to figure, you know, you got to figure figure shit out so that when you go week one, you're you're more ready um because it matters more.
2: This is a result of a couple things. First thing being first thing being the rules that have limited practices and things like that and what you can and can't do. Adding another game. So now they got to save players for another week of the season, which I think was the most stupid thing they've ever done, going to 17 games. And they, they want to go to more. They want to go 18 games.
3: 18. I think they'll take away another preseason, though, if they do that.
2: They shouldn't they should stay at 16. They don't need to go to set. They, they shouldn't have gone to 17. And the other thing that's stupid is every level of football, professional in college, should not play on Thursday night. I agree. Night. We don't, we don't agree on a lot, but I, I, I mean, as a
3: fan, I love having football, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and Monday. Like, I love that, but I do not, like, I don't believe that there should be Thursday night. And I actually, I tweeted out the other day, how amazing would it be if, they could figure something out to make college football in the spring and um, NFL stay in the fall so that when, um, the you know, the NFL is done, college football is beginning. So then we can have, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, instead of Thursday. Um,
2: you know, NFL game. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why. To me, that's the most dangerous thing they do. And then this is, and then today I got to open up Twitter. And the executive director of the NFLPA comes on and decides to tell everybody that because Aaron Rodgers hurt himself, we should have grass fields in every stadium. Well, I wish he'd done that when the guy that was, like I said, the guy that was making league minimum, who was fighting his ass off to be the 53rd guy on the roster. I wish he'd had this much zeal and this much energy about that when he had a season ending injury. It had to be Aaron Rodgers to come out and make right. the comment. But then you also allow your players to play on Thursday nights. You also allow your players to play 17 games.
3: I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, two years in a row, we lost we lost Trey and then we lost Vaughn. No one said anything then. You know, like I mean, there was some commentary coming out, but it has become a problem. But then you got some people who say that that grass fields are the same.
2: Everybody talks in circles, Sarah. And and the fact of the matter is nobody gives a damn because it's all about how much money everybody can make yeah and and it's all it's all fluff and you know it's like i said you know everybody's like we well, got to play on natural grass i played on an exponential amount of really bad grass fields that were dangerous they were just right. basically painted dirt so it's not necessarily just play on grass it's got to be good grass and and if it's not i i i don't think there's I think when the science, I think the reason, they, I think the science right now really says it's just like it's. I heard, I heard. Um, oh, what's the commissioner's name? Roger Goodell. I heard him today say this. He was on Stephen A. and he made the comment. He goes, "Yeah, Aaron Rodgers blew his knee out or blew his Achilles out on a turf field, Well, we had a rookie blow his ACL out on a grass field. It happens on all surfaces, right? I think a lot. I think a big part of this is is just the fact that we. I mean, we've lost our mind in how much football a human body can take in one season.
3: Right. I think though, the same respect, they, they've done some numbers that it does happen more on certain turf fields. Um, I guess, you know, like, cause the bills play technically on a turf field. Um, so there's one type of turf that's worse than others. Like Detroit lions had the the bad turf. The jets have the bad turf, supposedly. So, um, you know, hopefully they, they start, you know, at least removing it, you know, those first and let's, you know, figure it out. But like you said, the more football you play, the more chance you're going to have of having those those injuries. Um, do you have anything else you want to close out? And let's get this freaking last week, <laughs> the door shut and just over with. And I am so I'm so ready to say let's move on to week two right. in the NFL. <laughs>
2: just, you know, and we're talking about the game Monday night. I mean, and obviously, there's just a really weird vibe going on right now on Bill's Drive. And I don't know what it is. And I hope that all this stuff that's popping is just coincidence. Yeah. Um, But there's a really weird vibe going on right now. It's that Madden
3: curse, I'm telling you. I tweeted that out yesterday. This Madden curse feels
2: super, super super real this week. You got the situation with with Terry Pagula that's ongoing. You've got now a yeah st- an in-house staff, um, reporter that had to apologize. Yeah.
3: She apologized though. Um, she said that it came out sounding a lot different than what she meant. Um, yeah, we all, we, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, um, I, you know, super great girl. Um, it sucks though, because you know, her saying anything, especially about someone yeah. as polarizing cool. as Diggs, like, that is just, it's fuel, you know, it's, it's fuel that, you know, people, especially national media wants to hear, um, because now it's, you know, it it gives them, um, you know, more things to talk about. So, um, but anyways, you know, I, 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 feel for her for, you know, for saying what she said and then having to, you know, obviously clean that mess up. But, um, but yes, it has been some, uh, it's been a weird off season and it's just not getting any better um including the way you know Josh has has played so I'm gonna say this we head into Orchard Park we're, fi- we're we're home this this Sunday um
1: we're nine and a half
3: point favorites against uh against the Raiders um man I I want to believe that Josh is going to uh you know go into um is gonna go into the home opener saying I gotta make my, I got to you know, rectify what happened Monday night, but by not playing hero ball, because my biggest concern is that he's going to continue to do stupid stuff because he feels like he has to make up for Monday night.
1: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work.
3: I'm going to, I'm going to preface all this by saying, I think that the Raiders are better than people thought they were going to be. They, they have some playmakers um, obviously on defense. They have Chandler Jones. They have um, Max Crosby Um, on offense, you know, even though it's a a new look, you know, with Jimmy, with Jimmy G, but um, they, you know, they still have Josh Jacobs, which is going to be a huge test for our defense. And, uh, Devontae, but just – Devontae did not participate in um, practice today, but it is Wednesday, so he still has, obviously, two more days um, to, to practice before, you know, they're concerned about him being ruled out Hopkins. or anything.
2: You're talking about Huh? Hopkins? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, no, Adams. You know,
3: Devontae. Devontae.
2: Okay. okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, you know, I – this is, a, this is a, a Raiders offense that I think is better than their first-week performance. Um, you know, you talk about Josh Jacobs wasn't in a lot of training camp, which kind of goes into the theme of what we talked about earlier. They had 61 rushing yards last week. Uh, that's 30th in the league. Passing yards, 200. That's 13th in the league. Um, total yards, you know, they're in the bottom part of the league. So, it's not a um, – you know, and obviously we we did not have a great performance either, but our numbers offensively are still higher. Defensively, middle of the road. I if you if you watch them though, their strength on defense is their defensive end play. Um, Crosby's an amazing player. Uh, Chandler Jones. Um, you know our tackles are going to have their hands full again. Um, you talked about PFF grades earlier. Um, Dion wasn't great. His run blocking grade was. And it's what I saw in the game. His run blocking grade was horrendous. Um, obviously, Spencer Brown, I mean, my mom. Yeah.
3: I will say that, um, that. Torrance Torrence did, did well yeah, for a rookie.
2: He did well a well. rookie. I want to know how Mitch Morris is. I think somebody said that he was going to get x ray. X-rayed. You saw in the game when he hurt his hand and he lost the use of his right arm because of that. He wasn't punching. So there was some pocket collapse later in the game because of that. Um, I didn't even notice McGovern. I mean, I just I'm kinda... sorry.
3: I was just going to say something. Like, if he was so... Into, like, why try running it on second and 15 up the middle? Like, never mind. Anyways, we moved on. We moved on. <laughs> right.
2: So, um, McGovern was... I guess he was okay. I didn't really notice him too much. Um, yeah. You know, but I think the thing that... Buffalo, the way they built this team and bringing Kincaid in, it kind of gives that... Almost like, a, even though we don't run the West Coast, it kind of gives you a West Coast feel, right? You're going to dink and dunk. You're going to take what you can get, and then you hope to hit digs or somebody on a big play right? when it's there. Um, I think the Jets game will be – we're going to find out if Josh has learned anything because I think you're going to see teams emulate this style of defense against the Bills for some time to see if they can do the same thing the Jets did. Right. I thought the Jets did, like, for instance, I was expecting Sauce two inches from digs. You didn't see that. You saw them having sauce Carter play off of digs a little bit. Give them Sometimes a, give. Yeah. But give them, you know, give them those shorter catches and those types of things you had, you had the jets. Sorry. Out.
3: You, you, you talked about sauce and that push off in the fourth quarter, just <clears throat> that dig digs Diggs getting flagged for that am I am focusing you went back to the game and started talking about sauce well, so that's, I'm to that's
2: make a point about the Raiders and we're not talking uh, just just hold on um <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is I think the Jets game plan was to play good front seven football and try to get Josh frustrated by having to check the ball down it was yeah. obvious to me that that's what they were doing it was almost like Leslie Frazier was coaching the Jets don't give up the big play guys don't give up the yeah. big play. Just I don't think they the rushed pass. much at all. I think it was yeah. like
3: twenty nine percent or something. Yeah,
2: give him, give him the short pass, give him the short throw. He'll get frustrated and try to get a big play when he shouldn't, and it's exactly what happened. And um, you know that, and then you know, well, I'm now you got me going back to the game. Obviously, the <laughs> special teams will kill you. Um, but it, it's I think you're going to see that out of the Raiders. I think you're going to see that out of the next couple of weeks. That's what's going to start happening. They're going to make Josh Allen be patient and can he do it? Can he can he sit in the pocket and be patient? Right. And you know, the other thing you need to do is get his, his ass on the ground. He took way too many big hits in that game standing up. He needs yeah. to get on the ground. But well, um, I mean that's
3: that goes to what everybody was saying like you need to use your brain a little bit more right. um especially about taking those hits. Um I think that the one thing that the Bills really have to focus on um on Sundays, you know, obviously um our offensive line. Uh, I think someone wrote it and I I think Trix wrote it Spencer Brown is going to get torched by Crosby. Um I think we'll have you know um either Reggie in there a lot or we'll have um the extra you know we'll have Knox um or um you know Morris come in whatever we end up deciding to do we'll have an extra body um on the line if it, if if it's needed. Uh but Josh needs to be smart with with that rush and you know the the small intermediate passes is not a big deal when we're getting the yards after the catch. And the two first games that we had last year um, against the um, the Rams and then who was our first home game? I think it was the Titans. That is what we did. It was those short intermediate passes. We had great yards,
2: you know, great yard after the catch.
3: Um, and our offense looked ridiculous. It like in a good way, ridiculous because, in a good way.
2: Because what happens if Josh follows the game plan and continues to dink and dunk and frustrate the defense? They do the opposite. They try to bring pressure. They try to play play single man, and then the Bills get the big play. And that's that's what that's what's that's what's interesting to me to see if he can do that. But like, real quick, looking at the injury report. Uh, Chandler Jones is questionable. Uh, actually, he, obviously, he's had some personal issues. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, questionable with an ankle. Devontae Adams, questionable with a foot. Um, DeAndre Carter, questionable with a knee. Uh, Jacoby Myers, concussion, questionable. Um, they got a few others. Um, um, Morig, um, the uh he's questionable with a thumb. And then you got uh, Jordan Meredith, questionable with a calf. On the Bills side, injury report. Uh, Matt Barkley. <laughs> okay. Um, Kirksey uh Question with a hamstring. And um, that's it as far as the Bills go. Right. So, um, they seem to be pretty healthy. Obviously, again, keep an eye out on Mitch Morse. See what's up with him. But I think, you know, this is a good game for the defense to get right. I think that – I don't think that the – the, the Raiders, you know, they can get big plays, but I think you're going to see them try to utilize Jacobs out of the backfield, hit some weak spots with Bernard at, at the middle linebacker. I think that's where their weakness is, is in pass yeah. coverage, although you'll probably see Milano do some of that. But um, it's a game for the Bills' defense to get right, to see if Josh can can erase a bad game and, and be mature enough to do what he needs to do game two. Um, But I agree with you. I don't think the Raiders are as big of a pushover as people make them out to be.
3: Yeah. Well, before we move over, quick, quick, over into the college football realm, if everyone wants to start putting in their um, predictions for for Sunday, I have the, um, the Bills 37. I think we're going to have – or, excuse me, 35. I think we're going to have a really good offensive game just because I know how Josh usually operates after. Um, so I have 35 to uh, 24. You took 24?
2: I got 31-24. Oh, okay.
3: I have this – I wanted to – I I literally, like, started doing the math. I was like, no, we're covering. We're covering.
2: <laughs> I still don't see – I still don't see quick enough read and react out of this defense to where they really feel comfortable. Um, and you made it a comment – you made a comment we were talking the other day about, you know, defense alignment. They had a bust in alignment, gave up the big run or whatever. There were some plays that the first thing that popped into my mind was – Well, if Leslie Frazier was the D.C., we wouldn't give up this big run um, because we'd have people in cover two to get that on the ground much sooner. Now, we'd have other issues as well, but, you know, this is a little bit different defense. I do think that the players are still trying to react a little bit to it and um, trying to figure it out a little bit.
3: Yeah. I would like to see the defense come in and and play as – our defense actually played pretty well up until the middle of the fourth quarter. You can't really put it on them after Josh turned the ball over the fourth time. Um, unfortunately, you know, they pretty much were on the the field, the whole fourth quarter. So um, I'm not going to put too much on them when it comes down to it, but uh, let's see, you know, how they, how they react. Um yeah. With Josh Jacobs and, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, you got two of the best in the NFL that we're going against. So uh, hopefully we can keep the score. Don't forget, I think last year we we averaged, what, 17 points a game defensively. So, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of us don't have confidence in that anymore.